0: Coming up, we're going to talk about what do you do if your boss tells you you got to get the vaccine to keep your job. We also talked to a wife whose husband is just not engaged, and we talked to a dad whose daughter is struggling and he doesn't know what to do next. Stay tuned. What's up? What's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. One of the top thousand greatest podcasts ever made. Are we in the top thousand you think of all time, James? Absolutely. I think so. Top thousand? Surely we can crack the top thousand. I'll pull the numbers and let you know. Kelly's like looking at him like, there's no chance we're top thousand. No chance.
1: Maybe top 11,000. In the mental health in Middle Tennessee in the afternoon slot. Booyah! Category. Oh, we're in, the, we're in the afternoon now? Yeah, there's no such thing as
0: Thanks for ruining the illusion for our podcast listeners. It's like 4.30 a.m. They're starting their morning routine. They're starting off with a good dose of relational mental health help, and then you're, like, ruining it. It's cool, man.
1: How are you? You good? I was going to go into a rant about how time is actually a, an illusion, and it's not— it's Dude, just a I've construct. been reading a
0: book called Solve for Happy by Mogadot. It's a chapter on time that was— I don't have my mind blown a lot. Mind blown. It's all good, though. Hey, welcome to the Dr. John Deloney Show. Top 11,000 podcasts ever created. We're up there somewhere. So glad you're here. Mental health, relationships, all of it. We're so glad you're with us. If you want to be on this show, give us a call. 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to johndeloney.com slash ask, a s k. JohnDeloney.com slash ask, fill out the form and send it to Kelly. Real quick, a couple of shows ago, I asked people to write me a poem and mail it to me. Number one, whoa, I got a lot of poems in. Number two, some of you need to go to BetterHelp.com slash Deloney because you're not okay. You're You're just, you're not okay. Things aren't good in your heart. Um, and they are coming out in your poems. Some of you are hilarious and awesome, and so I'm gonna do a segment in a couple of shows reading some of these. But a bajillion of you do not know this. It's incredible new tool. I know it's new, and so some of y'all don't know what it is or how it works. Um, it's this. It's bizarre. If it's a new computer technology called the Googles, and you go to Google.com and put in Ramsey Solution address, because some of you can't do that, you emailed Kelly. I think the total is 17 million and six of you emailed Kelly and said, hey, what's the address to Ramsey Solutions? So for those of you who are jogging right now listening to this podcast, but you happen to have a pen and paper on you, it's 1011 Reams Fleming Boulevard, Franklin, Tennessee, 37064. R-E-A-M-S hyphen, because we're um, progressive in that way, Reams Fleming R E A M S hyphen. There's 40. no hyphen. There's not? No. Oh,
1: I was trying to hyphenate it. There we go. I think it'll find its way here anyway. It'll find its way. Franklin, Tennessee, 37064. I feel like this is a TV show from the early 90s where you, you read the <laughs> P.O. box address to mail a postcard <laughs> at the end of a Scruff Nickelodeon McGruff? show. Yes.
0: Sc- what McGruff? Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Whoa. And by the way, uh, on the boards today is Goodwill Hunting who knows all the numbers from his childhood. Way to go, Nick. That's incredible. So um, keep sending your poems. We're going to have a poetry-themed show, I guess. They're incredible. Some people are sending them. And some of you who need uh, mental health help, you know who you are. All right, so before we take a call today, this emails I've been given, getting this email a lot. So I want to address this right out of the gate. Um, Here's one. My wife and I had our third baby in March, and... She's still breastfeeding. She just got notice that her work is mandating the vaccine and she has to let them know by the end of August if she's getting it or not, and then has to be vaccinated vaccinated by the end of September. If not, she'll lose her job. Next one is um somebody who's working for, you know, federal, state, local government, um, that they are forcing them to get the vaccine. Um they're subjected to constant testing, constant masking. Where do I draw the line that says enough is enough and take another job? I don't want to, I want to walk out I'm married with debt and a mortgage. So, and this is two of a bajillion of these, right? Lots of concern. My buddy, Ken Coleman, he's getting him on his show. He talks about career. Lots of people calling in, writing in, asking. We are working somewhere where the vaccination is being mandated and we don't, we're not anti-vaxxers, we're not anti-COVID. We're not anti- we all of a sudden are alarm bells about, hey, you're you're not free or ringing. We're scared and we don't know what to do. What should we do? What should we do? So anytime I'm faced with a situation like this, so I'm going to take COVID out of the equation. We're going to move it over here. I can't solve that question for you. I can't answer that question for you. That's between you and your doctor and your personal conscience and all those things. I've talked about my opinions on that on this show. What I can... Drill down here is what you can control and what you can't. And at the end of the day, any decision, and I'm intentional about my language there, any decision, anytime you choose to worry, get angry, fight, claw, go to war against something that you can't control, you are choosing to have misery. Now, there are justice moments in history. No question about it. There are moments you head to the streets. I get that. I support that. I love that about this country. I love it. I love it. There are moments you write a letter. There are moments you go knock on somebody's door. There are moments you say enough's enough. And I get that. Totally get that. But if you work for somebody and they tell you as a condition of working here, you have to tuck your shirt in. I've had that told to me before. I've been called in an office by two professional – um uh, two professional employees that said, we're going to come check on what you were wearing and we're going to come by and see because we don't think you dress professional. We think you should dress prof- more professional. And so we're going to come check on you. I've had people tell me, you gotta cu- i got to cut my hair. I've had people tell me that these shoes aren't good. You need to wear those shoes. This is all across the span of my career. Um, hey, you've got to tuck your shirt in has been the most. I don't like tucking my shirt in. It makes me feel weird. And I've had that over and over. And here's the deal. Every time that's happened, I've been working for somebody else. And it's their place where they work. And so I've got the option of deciding, am I going to tuck my shirt in or am I, am I going to get another job? In some seasons in my life, like one of these um, emails here, I owed a whole bunch of money in student loans. I didn't have another choice. I was frozen. I'd created a life for myself where I, I was out of control. I couldn't control tomorrow because I had a bunch of um, strings attached to everything, right? Now, if Dave came in and said, "I you have to do this, I'm in a situation where I would smile at him and say, I, I'm I'm not going to – Dave's always trying to get me to wear pink shoes. He's not really. But if he did and I said, no, I wear black shoes. That would be a weird line to draw, but whatever. Um, now I don't owe anybody any money. I would leave, right? I would leave. So whether it's the vaccine, whether it's where you're going to cut your hair, whether it's um, you have to be on call 24-7, 365. I was a finalist for one job that said you have to live within 10 miles of the organization. It was a, a university, and they said you've got to live this close because if something happens in the middle of the night, you got to be able to get here. And um, when I was looking for houses, the houses I found were 15 or 20 minutes away, not 10, 10 minutes away all that to say is this drill down your options into what can you control and what do you what can what you can you not control if you really believe this is an infringement on your rights which it might be if you really believe if I put this vaccine in my body I'm going to get sick i'm going to I'm filling the blank and you think I can't work here anymore then quit if you're mad that somebody's telling you what to do and you're frustrated they're telling you what to do, but you're going to get the vaccine anyway. Exhale, write it down, and say, this sucks, and I'm annoyed by it, and then let it go. Because talking about it, texting about it, emailing about it, raging about it, scrolling on Instagram, it's going to make you nuts. And right now, the vaccine, the COVID, all the stuff is pulsing through people's veins. So I want to back out as far as we can and say this has been happening to all of us in all of our jobs. For a long, long time, probably forever, unless you have a business that you are the sole owner of. And even then you're subjected to county codes and local ordinances and federal ordinances and whatever. All of us do things every day that we probably wouldn't otherwise do if we didn't have people telling us what to do. This is just a long line. It is different because you're asking students to put something in our body. And I will say that's different. I get that. That is feels more invasive. Is that fair, James? That this one feels more invasive? Yeah,
1: that's just a hot button issue. I I, I feel like I'm minimizing it at the same time. I am kind of minimizing it. Um, it's the same principle, but yeah, I mean, putting injecting something in your body and protecting your shirt and are not the same thing. But the principle can principle Principle's apply. the same. My my boss is saying you have to do this if you want to work here. Cool. I do get that it's a little bit bigger deal, or it's a lot
0: bigger deal, um, putting something in your body. And plus. What if it has secret metal in it and they're going to track you? What all this? I don't know what all that kind of conspiracy theory stuff. But at the end of the day, the question to be asked is, are you going to do this or are you not? And if you're not, I refuse to do it. Then you've made your decision. Be at peace with your decision. And then immediately start looking for where you're going to go next. What are you going to do? Where are you going to work? What what situation are you going to put yourself in where this isn't going to happen again? Or if you're going to do it. Exhale, choose not to carry anger and rage and frustration and pissed off. Don't carry that with you because you're choosing to poison your relationship with your spouse, with your friends, with your kids over anger, even if it's righteous anger, if you're going to do it anyway. Just don't. Just get it done and then move on with your life. I don't for one bit, not for one bit. I've left two jobs in my life because I said, y'all are asking me to do something that I can't do. I've done it twice and it was hard, and it was messy, and uh it was hard. It was hard, but it, it's, it was one of my lines, and so I've been there. If this is your line, man, high five them. Make them. Be respectful. Treat everyone with dignity. Walk out with your head held high. Give notice. Be a good person in this transition. Retain your dignity, even when those around you are not, and Control what you can control, and let the rest go. Is that fair, James? I don't know. I don't want to minimize it, Kelly. Is that f- I mean, I don't want to uh, under-dramatize it, but
2: no, I think that's the gist of it. As a private, you know, as a a company has the right. If you don't want to work there, you have the right not to work there. Yeah. So it's just a decision you have to make. Yeah. But like you said, just make the decision and then move on. Yeah.
0: Just just going to rage. Just uh, yeah. Yeah. And don't
2: gripe about it with all your coworkers over and over and over and over and over and, over and, over and create dissension where you work.
0: Yeah. Just so make your personal decision, stand tall, be a person of character wherever you land, and then walk away. So that's my thoughts on that. And I know it's hard. I mean, I know it's messy. I know people are being, feel like they're being forced into a, a back into a corner. Some of you are, and I get that. When it comes to, man, medical issues, we're breastfeeding now and we're being forced to do this, that's really tough. That is really tough, Right Um, because you're talking about some major unknowns there, and I absolutely get that. Come to some peace about a decision, make your decision, and then put the other stuff down, okay? And if nothing else, let this stand as a reminder. The fewer tethers you have, like debt, like unhealthy relationships, like um, bad, unhealthy habits, if you are... Actively creating a life that is healthy, that is safe, that you are in control of more things than you are not. If you don't owe anybody any money, when these moments come up, you know, it's like Dave Ramsey says about having an emergency fund. You can't, Your car engine can blow up. And if you have a six-month emergency fund, it's annoying. You're like, Ugh, I don't want to go buy a car. Or if you don't have an emergency fund and you got six figures of student loan debt, it's a tragedy. I don't know how I'm going to eat right? Same issue, just two different responses. And so live a life, work hard to have people in your life that when tough things come up, you can sit down and walk through it with, have someone to walk through it with you. Build a life where you don't owe anybody any money. Work hard to get there. Work hard, 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 right? Read new books, um, exercise, eat right, sleep, have good relationships. I'm just gonna keep talking over and over. This is one of those moments that we all go, oh, this is why. This is why, right? All right, that's enough of that. Let's go to Melissa in Salt Lake City. Hey, Melissa, what's going on?
2: Hi, John, how are you?
0: I'm fantastic. How about you?
2: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Awesome. So what's up? How can I help?
2: So I would love to ask you a question, and then I'd love to give you a little bit of context.
0: So, Cool. Do me a favor. I, talk talk right into the phone. I'll make sure I don't miss this.
2: Right. Right in the phone. Is that better?
0: Perfect. Yes.
2: Okay. I am dealing with some feelings of how do I help with these feelings? Like I am the driving force behind my marriage and my family. So I have a wonderful husband. He is a great dad. He provides for our family he pitches in. Um, he's had a fairly smooth life and it's been pretty mapped out for him. And he's just kind of checked things off. Um, when it comes to goals, when it comes to building relationships, when it comes to personal improvement, these are not things that cross his mind, and I feel like, especially when it comes to wanting my kids to have strong, healthy relationships with him, I feel like I'm the one that's leading, I'm directing, I'm pushing, it turns into what feels like nagging, feels like not having a teammate, and I just... I get exhausted of the feeling of feeling like I have to take care of everyone and everything. Mm. I don't I wanna have I don't wanna feel like I'm folding relationships because that inauthenticity, however you say that word, yeah. is will be felt. I don't know if that makes sense, sure. but um, I I guess the best way for me to describe it is that he's the boat and he is just cruising along through life on the water and I am the propeller and I am spinning like crazy to get forward momentum Mm. and it's just unseen so I I would love your thoughts and opinions but I also feel a little bit silly calling about this because he is such a wonderful man and he's. when I've listened to your show before and and the crisis that people have in their lives it just makes me feel a little I don't know bashful I guess
0: I don't think that because, at all. I, I'm grateful that yeah. you. I'm grateful that you called. Um, everybody's got holes in their boat. To use yeah, your analogy, absolutely. some of them are huge. Some of them are small, but the boat is filling up with water. Yeah. And sometimes when there's a giant hole in the boat, it's actually better because you got to deal with it right now. Mm-hmm. What you're describing. Is the birthplace of resentment. And you've heard me say over and over, that's the end of everything. Or more importantly, um, or more negatively, whatever word you want to use. This is how you run into somebody at work and they're a super go-getter. And they're kind of funny. And they laugh when you make a joke. And y'all go ahead and grab lunch together. And suddenly, two years down the road, you found yourself in a position like, oh, no. Right? Yeah. That's where this starts. Right here. Great guy. Awesome. Show. It wouldn't even occur to him to cheat on anybody. It's not going to occur to him to do anything because he's just doing yeah. what he does. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And am I, the, am, I, am I on the right track?
2: Yes. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, how long have y'all been married?
2: 13 years.
0: Oh, see, you're right there. Okay. How old are your kids?
2: The oldest is 11 and youngest is 2. We have four of them.
0: 11 to 2?
2: Uh-huh.
0: So you've been pregnant for a decade?
2: Yeah, exactly, yes. I have had a decade of pregnancy and childbirth. Exactly.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. Whew. And
2: no more. Four and no more is our motto. So that, season, that Season has passed.
0: <laughs> four and no more. Ours was two and I'm done with you. James, uh, yes. you're four and no more too. Um, have, you, have you sat down and, and told him this stuff?
2: I have many times. Talk it's to me about what that's the...
0: like. <sighs> no, let me, let me back it up. Let's, let's don't even do that yeah. question yet.
2: Where do you want to yeah. go? Where do I want
0: to go? Because here's like. what I th- here's what I'm afraid is happening, and uh-huh. y- <laughs> I've got no context for this call. I'm just <laughs> I've heard your voice a thousand times, and uh-huh. tell- you say, "Dulano, you're wrong. You're crazy on this one." Okay. He's his life is exactly how he drew it up. He has an incredible wife. He's got four healthy, wonderful kids. He's got an eleven-year-old, a two-year-old, and everyone in between. He's got a job he goes to and he comes home. The house is there. Things are just rocking and rolling. My fear is you just want to go for the sake of going. And you don't even know where you just want to go. And it's that pent up energy that's going to get everybody in trouble because it's got, it's not directed anywhere. Does that make sense? Yeah. So are you just feeling this, this, Thirteen years, same guy. You got four kids, and you're missing romance and excitement and the mystery and the ah. Is that what I it is?
2: Definitely, or definitely a bit of that.
0: Okay, so what else is it?
2: Yeah, I think it's also just feeling like I, I, I see improvements to make in myself, mm-hmm. and I see improvements, and I, I see things that I that I value. I value having. With market and um, and putting in the effort to have that kind of relationships and to and to practice my I preach I, I, to a way of it, but.
0: hey, your um your phone call your phone's breaking up. Can you go to a place? This is oh. super important. Can you go to a place? where you get good signal. All right. No, you're good.
2: Is that okay?
0: Great. Perfect. Much much better. Okay.
2: okay. I guess I'm just kind of there is a little bit of like this stagnant I guess that I can feel of just like okay I just need something I just need a little spark I need just a little something but then there's also the feeling of I have these values that I try to show in my actions of valuing my kids and valuing personal improvement through my health and through you know physical activities and putting in effort and I value having a relationship with him and the effort feels so one-sided
0: Okay, is this covert for he's gained a lot of weight? And you're not attracted to him anymore.
2: Oh no, absolutely not. Okay, if so, anything, I've done that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what? W- what is? W- get to the root. Like there's something. You're you're so kind, and you're so diplomatic. <laughs> get to the root.
2: Oh gosh,
0: have, um, you, have you ever cheated on him?
2: No, never.
0: Are you thinking about it? No. Are you bored to death?
2: No. Are you scared
0: so. about tomorrow? We, what I mean, where what what is it?
2: I think it's just feeling like I'm the only one that's putting any effort in this relationship.
0: It's and, feeling and what, like What's the effort towards? Cuz I keep hearing conversations effort, about energy.
2: Yeah. The effort is probably towards have him having a relationship with me, feeling like I have to be the one that instigates everything. I have to instigate like, hey, it's been a while since we've been on a date. Or, hey, it's been a while since you've had one-on-one time with each of the kids. And, hey, maybe we should like plan a family trip to spend time with each other. And, hey, maybe we should... Spend less time on our phones so that our kids can see our eyes when we're around them. And hey, let's maybe, and it's just like this constant initiation that I have to put forth where I almost feel like this, I don't know if it's discontent or if it's just this drive to improve.
0: No, you're dealing that with That lack. Listen, Melissa, that's what I was looking for. I, okay. your whole, go back, when you listen to this call, go back and listen. That's the voice I was looking for. That's the voice of a woman who's married to a depressed man. A man who's checked out. A man who doesn't feel like he's got a purpose in his own house. Yeah. He's got no mission in his house. He's got a wife that runs everything, that tells everybody where they need to be, the picture. Are y'all a family that gets, like, family photos? Uh,
2: Every once in a while, yeah. When we have a new kid.
0: (laughs) <laughs> See, <laughs> and do you tell everyone where they're going to stand?
2: Mm, y- yeah. You do. I you do. tell everybody what they're going to wear. That's and exactly how right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so what you are doing is you have a very clear picture of what family is, what life is, what husband looks like, what kids are going to look like, how they're going to talk, how they're going to act, how much sex we're going to have, what our bodies are going to look like. You've got very clear pictures. Yeah, And for 13 years, plus however many years you dated this guy, you've just been the picture person. Yeah. And he hasn't, for a a decade and a half now, he's just going along with your photo. Yeah. And over time, he's checked out completely. Yeah. He's out. And so... He's getting his needs met through a phone or through his work relationships or through his girlfriend. And I'm being provocative for on purpose. I'm not saying he's cheating on mm-hmm. you. But yeah. he's getting his needs met somewhere else because the needs at his home are being met by you. Mm-hmm. Right? And then the only way you think you can rattle the cage is complaining, nagging, blaming, threatening, right? These yeah these things that you feel like you're rattling in the cage and all they do to somebody who's checked out is it further reinforces that they made the right decision to be unplugged and the difference being what is caring and listening and contributing support. What does that, what does that look like? And so you said you've talked to him a lot about it. Put me in the seat. You guys are out on a marriage retreat. Just you two. Y'all took one together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you sit down with him and don't say, hey, I need somebody who's going to do this. I want this. I want this. If you ask him, how's your life? Do you still like me? Do you like our kids? What would his answer to those questions be?
2: It would be yes, but he probably would have never thought about it before I asked.
0: And so what he needs to know is that that's an expectation. I need you to think about these things. Does he know that?
2: Yeah, that's the perpetual argument we have.
0: And how is that an argument? Like, so for instance, here's what I'm getting at. I was able, I'm able to go to bed with their dishes in the sink. I just am. It's a spiritual gift, Mm -hmm. whatever. I can just go to bed. (laughs) Uh, My wife cannot right? They yeah. need to be, the the place needs to be clear. And I could walk past them. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until she was able to say, I need you to come see this. This weighs on my heart that I went, oh gosh, yeah. well then I can just help with that. Okay, that does that make yeah. sense? It was, I yeah. just wasn't seeing it. Now that you have said, this matters to me. And should you have yeah. to tell a dad to put his phone down? No, but that's the world works. Right. so you did that, right? Yeah. He's checked out. And so when you say, I need you to plug back in, I need your phone to go in a drawer. Because right now your kids believe you love that little digital box more than them. What does he say?
2: It happens, he's willing, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and it just doesn't last.
0: Have you told him, "Here here is my either or statement. Either you put your phone away and connect with your kids or... I'm going to take them to mother and father's house. We're going to get out of here. Have you done that? No. Because you keep telling me he's a great, wonderful, awesome, wonderful guy. And then you told me the yeah. things he's not involved with. And that doesn't say great and awesome and wonderful. Right. If you mean great and awesome and wonderful because he's peaceful and doesn't hit anybody, and he doesn't yell at anybody. that's That's the basics. You're not supposed to hit yeah. or yell or scream. <laughs> right?
2: Yeah.
0: That doesn't make you wonderful. That's baseline.
2: Wait. Why won't
0: you know him? Why won't he engage? Yeah. Why? Is he scared of you? Is he annoyed by you? Is he not attracted to you? What's the deal? I think, you know, what is it?
2: I think, I think it's just because it's easier. It's easier just to let me take care of everything.
0: Do you let him take care of things? Letting me take care of things. I know, but do you let him? Do you let him choose vacations? Do you let him choose dinner places? When you say, I want to get photos taken, we're all going to wear our white little sailor outfits. And he says, can we just wear a regular clothes? Do you go, that's cool. Or do you say, no, this is what we're wearing?
2: If he put the effort into thinking about a vacation
0: mm-hmm.
2: and to thinking about dinner places, I ask, yes, I would let him.
0: Why doesn't he date yes. his wife that's anymore? Common. That's my question. Because it takes effort. It can't. It can't be that because he had a lot of effort when he chased you down. Is that right?
2: No. Oh, he I never, he he never has.
0: <laughs> okay, then. So now you're mad that he's six foot tall and you married a six foot tall guy.
2: Yeah.
0: Like it sounds like he didn't trick you. No. It sounds like you hoped this would just "quote unquote" work itself out. Or somehow by osmosis, he would just transform into the, into the guy that you so badly want him to be.
2: I just, yeah, probably. I think, I think before just, it was just easier. It was easier if, you know, I could go on for six, five, six, seven years and, and be okay taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. And then probably the last two years has kind of whacked me over the head with a bat. And all of a sudden it was like, I, I don't have it anymore to take care of everything anymore. Yeah, And so I need to feel like I'm not, I'm the only one I need to feel like I'm not the only one putting in the effort. I'm not the only one that cares about what the relationships with our kids looks like. I'm not the only one that cares about the relationship and our marriage and what it looks like.
0: So I'm going to break your heart, Melissa. Okay.
2: Dang it. Don't
0: do that. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It's not going to change.
2: Yeah.
0: It's not. Yeah. This is who you married, and you've done that for 15 years. Now, do I think he could change? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely, he could. Yeah. He absolutely could. But your conversations, you're, you're nagging, you're threatening, you're... Um, complaining. It's not, it's not doing anything. And so I think we're at a moment now in your family's history where you've got to decide what's the next move for you.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Have you gone to see somebody by yourself just to talk through this?
2: Yes. I've been seeing somebody for postpartum depression for the last year or so. And this has come up and we have discussed this. Yes.
0: And what did they say to do?
2: A little bit of the same thing of of you can't you can't control the relationships that he has with the kids. Mm-hmm. That's not your place. You know, it's just you just can't. I can't control because if I force relationships or if I force it, the kids would potentially get old enough and we'll say, well, that dad didn't really want to. That was mom forcing him.
0: Well, and beyond that, you're going to be exhausted and heartbroken the whole, the whole time, right? Right. Because none of it will be real. Yeah. Right. So here's what I want you to do. At the end of the day, it's the old Dr. Henry Cloud quote that I love, which is he's going to have to get some problems
1: and he doesn't Mm -hmm. have
0: any. There is no reason in his life other than integrity and character, which he doesn't have, to get involved with this kid's life, to do the hard, crazy work of having four kids in 10 years and rediscovering who his wife is, redating her, deciding I'm going to level into this family, support this family, not just financially, but emotionally, psychologically, Mm -hmm. spiritually, all those things, right? I'm going to be connected in this thing. He's going to have to get some problems, and he's never had them. He's never had to. He doesn't even know what that is. I want you to get a book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings. Okay. And I'm not telling you to end your marriage in any way, shape, form, or fashion.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm telling you, you are making yourself clinically insane by trying to close the gap that has always been there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And at the end of the day, your choices are, I'm going to love... I'm going to love those kids like they've never been loved before ever. And I'm not going to, I can't get into his, I'm going to have to accept how he's chosen to parent. Or you're going to have to go do something else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. But just yelling into the Grand Canyon isn't solving that problem. There's either acceptance of it, and you have to work for the rest of your kids' lives to not fall into resentment. Or you're going to have to sit down with your husband and say, here's my or what statement. You're going to get involved. You're going to put the phone away. You're gonna We're going to learn how to love each other again. We're going to start practicing desire. We're going to go to marriage retreats. We're going to go to marriage counseling. We're going to go back and remember what it's like to love each other. And I'm not carrying the weight of this family anymore. We are going to carry the weight of this family. And I'm asking you to learn a whole new skill set. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. I know we can. If he wants to, mm-hmm. here's where this sucks though, is it's a risk. Cause he might look at you and say, no. Yeah. Right. And in fact, in many ways he has, right.
2: Yeah.
0: Cause you've asked him over and over and over and over. Is that fair?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> no, nope, I totally get it. Sorry. And you, you hit the nail on the head when you talk about, being connected not just financially because we've had that conversation of you are more than a paycheck that puts a roof over our head.
0: And, and, and you've got to ask yourself have I treated him like anything other than a paycheck? Does his opinions matter in this house? And so maybe you all go out and you have a retreat and say, I'm looking down the road. We have a 2-year-old and an 11-year-old. We've got Eight years left for our oldest one to be here at our home. We have 16 years left for our youngest one to be in our home. I want to, we're done now. For, we're four and out. I want to build, what, I want to sit down and map out what the next 10 years is going to be. And I'm done driving. I've driven for 15 years. I'm out. I'm not driving anymore. I'm handing you the keys. And here's what that looks like in my head. I want to hear what it looks like in your head. In my head, it looks like no phones. In my head, it looks like um, you and I go on dates every single week, so our kids can look like, can have a picture of what romance actually looks like. We're gonna hug and we're gonna kiss every morning and at night, ooh, in front of the kids, so they see what that looks like. We're gonna argue and fall back in love. We're gonna have two vacations a year, and you're gonna plan one of them alone, and we're gonna go and so on. And you, he, you need to be very clear with what you are expecting the driver of this car to look like. But he needs to know that. Have it very clear. And you can tell him, I will support you. I will love you. I will go to these things with you as you learn these new schools. But I'm going to be involved with you. <sighs> but we're going to have to build this thing up from the floor up. And all of this, all of this, Melissa, is a risk. Because he may just say no. But you deserve it and your kids deserve it. Thanks for that call. I want to know how that conversation, that breakfast y'all take, that half-day retreat you take on a Saturday, I want to know what that's like. Give us a call back and um, let me know how that goes. And, by the way, if he wants to call the show, I would love, love, love to talk to that dude. I'd love to. All right? Thank you so much for the call. Hey, we'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. One of the most common questions I get on my show is, how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you, but it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go to Brad in Cincinnati. Hey, Brad, what's going on, man? Hey, Doc. I appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Thanks for calling. What's up? Yes. Well, sir, I need your help with
3: uh, being able to persuade my daughter to agree to continue her treatment for OCD.
0: Whew. So that is my original clinical diagnosis, OCD. So, um... (laughs) <laughs> Man, I have been on both sides of this. What um, she have behaviors? She have uh, thoughts? What what what's what she struggles with? It's most yeah, mostly rumination. Okay, mostly
3: rumination. Not so much physical. So, uh, my wife and I don't even I think don't even have a full understanding of of all the things she deals with because okay. I don't even I'm not even sure she's let us all the way in sure. to that because she's got this as a secret from everybody. Okay as well. And so she's been to some counselors. I'm, I'll, I'll you know, relatively short. We've uh, done supplements. Good. Uh, we've, uh, I've even, uh, did, done neurofeedback for a while and we've had some, some, uh, you know, some small, uh, improvements, but overall, uh, her attitude is, just I just want it gone. I shouldn't have to have treatment. You know, this is not fair. I don't, I don't want this. I just want to be gone. I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to ever think that I had to go get help you know, I don't want to have to go treatment on it. The last counselor was an O C D specialist who recommended um, she considered medications. And uh you know, there have been a couple of times when she momentarily agreed to, to to take that next step, but but she won't do
0: it. Okay. She won't do it. How old is she? Uh she's just seventeen. She'll be eighteen real soon. Okay. Um I'd love to talk to her if she ever wants to call in, if y'all want to call in together. I don't know if she would ever do that, but I'd love to talk to her. Um mm-hmm. been there. Um, so for those who don't like I know OCD gets a gets there's like it's in the movies and it looks like just somebody's washing their hands a lot like that. Think of I, I consider OCD a part of the anxiety family. And compulsive thoughts are compulsive behaviors, right? Whether it's washing your hands or cleaning. One of mine is locking doors. Um, I just know I take two laps around the house every night every single night when i'm in a hotel i take two laps around the hotel my family knows it i know it i don't fight it i laugh about it i'll sometimes i'll just smile about it but um counting i get stuck counting corners sometimes it's just a thing right um i went to war over it for years and part of me being able to just have a great life was making peace with it right and then some of the ones that were a little more challenging like the Catastrophizing thoughts, um I did work hard on those, and now I just don't have them anymore, or when they start to spin up, I've got a couple of things I can do between them um for those who don't know, I can't describe the urge in a way that makes people who don't struggle with o c d understand it other than maybe don't eat for twenty four hours and then walk into a room and there's that smell of pizza and you have to grab a piece or you've maybe you've run a couple of miles in the heat and you have to have a drink of water, it's, it's, it's an urge that's bizarre. It's so powerful, right? And uh, oh, people with is. addiction struggle with it. So when what, what thoughts are spinning in her head? Is she suicidal? Is she having catastrophizing thoughts? Are she scared of the future? What, what is she, what's she spinning around with?
3: Well, it started out with catastrophe. Mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, you know, mom and dad dying, that kind of stuff. But it's kind of moved on to a lot of things. I mean, she, uh, uh she's even struggling with eating now, yep. you know, she has a lot of thoughts of, uh, you know, items being morally dirty. You know, if, if yeah. she had to talk about something that she didn't particularly like and she was near a piece of furniture, well, now that piece of furniture is dirty or yeah. now that room in the house is dirty. Right. Yeah. So, she, so it's, it's, you know, she's, it's, Bleeding into a lot of different things, you know, the relationships are are being more and more difficult, especially with me. And uh, she's got anger issues. She's got a a win-lose mindset uh, kind of thing. You know, we try to give her good ideas, try to help her and bless her. And and she she will actually say, well, I can't do that now because that's what you recommended. So I'm not going to do that, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, And some of that, that, you know,
0: is is she's 17,
3: right? Right. Well, I know I thought that, but I can't tell you know where that line is, right. and uh, so that it, makes it hard. And I'm so frustrated and and heartbroken because I worry so much about where this could lead. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if she doesn't get um, help, and and so you know, as a dad, I'm like, oh, honey, please, you know, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about this. So I probably. You know, I'm kinda of trying to be upfront and in, in a non threatening way to say, i you know, just trying to point out things in logic mm. and that just doesn't work. That's yeah, and, there you and, go. And, That's right. And and you're right, and so when that doesn't work, I'm like, oh, okay, what do I do? You know, how yeah. do I how do I talk you know, I mean, we can't even really have a calm conversation like you and I are now. Right. You know, so so it's, it's extremely difficult. Um,
0: I'm gonna ask you a question, it's gonna sound like I'm accusing you of something. Please, please don't hear that, okay? I'm just trying to get one more piece of information, and then we can get we can get on down the road. Okay,
3: right. Walk
0: right. walk me through her childhood. Was there, where did this stuff emerge from? Was there, were, was there chaos growing yeah. up? Was there frustration? Was there anger? Did she have trauma in her past? W- yeah. Well, uh,
3: great question. And I anticipate that question. Um, and, uh, I don't think so. I think she would tell you, you know, that she had a pretty good childhood up until a point, uh, when her older sister left for college. There you go. That's okay. when, that's when everything, that's when she pretty much identified her life as being destroyed and over. Okay.
0: And, and how long ago was that? Uh, that was five years ago. Okay. And since yeah. then it's just been spinning and spinning and then all of a sudden it's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It,
3: at first, you know, it was just you know, putting two and two together in her mind that just didn't make sense, and we spent hours talking about I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be that bad, it's going to be fine, you know, and it just, it never, you know, it just, like, bounced off of her, you know, and she's just never put it together, and then it's just kind of grown and grown, and, and so as I see this thing, this building this impenetrable defense to protect itself, it just gets, gets me more and more concerned and, and
0: frightened. Yes. So here, a couple of things here, okay? And okay. I want you There's. – I'm going to give you a couple of things you can do starting today, all right? Okay. Starting right when this thing is over. Um, she may say no. She's a 17-year-old, right? I mean, she's a 17-year-old woman. She can say no, um, but she's also right. a 17-year-old kid, okay? Right. Um, and mom's got to be on board too, all right? Right. Whenever somebody's struggling with anxiety or more than that, somebody is – mourning a relationship that meant everything that got plucked out of the moon or when a kid wants so badly to go to chuck e cheese and all of a sudden chuck e cheese is closed and they get a little bit agitated and i turn around and as dad and say it's not that big a deal you chill out what i've just Mm. done is i've given them information that is contrary to what their body is telling them and for a child it makes them feel insane so when a, I hit, I spank, if I spank my kid, right, let's say you spank your child and you say that didn't hurt. Their right. body says that hurts and their heart says, my dad hit me, that hurts. And their mind says I'm heartbroken, but also this guy who's smart is telling me it doesn't hurt. And then the, the, it just goes, zzz, the machine, the, the their brain does. Right. So right. go back five years ago the one thing that mattered to your daughter for uh, probably a thousand different reasons was her older sister, a person who was safe for her, she could laugh with, could be honest with, and whatever honest means for a 12-year-old, right? Um, Right. And then all of a sudden that got unplugged. And that wasn't a cognitive issue. That is not an information issue. That is the fight or flight, the, hey, your tribe just left you part of her brain that sounded every alarm she had. And then the folks who love her man, y'all came in to help and you, I mean like, Hey, it's gonna, you're going to be fine. It's not even that big a deal. And her body is saying help and her head saying, I guess it's not that big a deal. And now you got a fracture. Does that make sense? You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I do. I do. And so what we've tried to do over the last four or five years is solve a connection issue with info. And now the, the relationship itself has become a, um, an anxious interaction, right? Yes, yes. And these four-hour fo- uh, conversations that feel like you're spinning in circles, and then one night you go to bed, and you're like, I think I finally got through. I gave her the right analogy or the right metaphor or the right whatever, and she lays down, and her brain's off to the races again because the thing it's trying to solve for is safe relationship, not info. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's right. And we want to do that. I know you you do. (laughs) I
0: I know you do. (laughs) Listen. So so how
3: do we do that? (laughs) So, Brad, can I tell you
0: this? Can I tell you? Uh, Sure. You're a great dad, and you love your daughter. Okay? I do. And I don't want you to hang up being like, well, crap, I screwed this up. I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is I think moving this way, going west, taking a right, there's some things you can do different. So here's what we're going to solve for. We're going to okay. solve for relationship. We're going to solve for safety. Okay. Now, I if you've listened to this show, I'm not a throw medicine at something first. There is a moment okay. when your anxiety alarms – you've been in a hotel before that gets the, – the fire alarm gets set off because there's too much uh, – you get hot water in there, right? And it's steam, set it off. That's right. that's an alarm that's busted. It's sensitive. It's too sensitive. It needs to be right. recalibrated. Um. There is a season when low-dose medication for this is good because it turns the alarms off so that you can finally start having these conversations. Does that make sense? Right. It, it, perfect sense. Um, and so if your doctor has said, hey, we're in year five and these things aren't working and now your daughter's telling you I can't even go into the things that are going to help me to have help – Because they are setting the, that tells me that you may have, again, I'm not a medical doctor, but you may have an alarm system that's just needs to be recalibrated and reset. Okay. So I wouldn't say you're a failure. I wouldn't say anything's broken. I'd say that's a, like, just get in there and get done with it. Okay. The second thing is, is this is going to sound so cheesy and so lame. So cheesy and so lame. You're going to say, dude, we've spent thousands of dollars and hours and hours. If she would commit to this. I would love for you and her, I would love for you to say, hey, you know what? For the last five years, I've given you a lot of information. And the one thing I don't do enough of is just hug my baby girl. Would would you give me a 30-second hug in the morning and a 30-second hug in the evening just every day? And mom wants in on this too. And she'd roll her eyes and just say, I just want to go back to my baby girl. And I know we can't go back to being middle school, but you're about to go to college and in it. Can we just start hugging? And I'm going to commit, if you want some info from me, you know that I'm here for you. And you know I'm your dad. I love talking. Right. But what I really want to start doing is um, I want my baby girl back. And I'm, I'm going to quit lecturing you. I'm going to quit arguing with you. I'm going to quit trying to give you another article and another thing. I want a 30-second hug with you every day um, in the morning, and I want 30-second hug in the evening. She may say, Dad, I can't do that. And if that's the case, great. Say me and your mom are gonna do thirty second hugs every day, and because uh, here's what's happened, yeah. this has affected your marriage too. I know it has because you have an idea on how to do it, mom has an idea, and it's causing fractures all over the place. And that tension feeds this spinning cycle, right? It just turns into yes. a cyclone. And That's so, exactly right. I want you and your you and your wife to whew, drop your shoulders, and I want you all to start hugging each other thirty seconds a day. If you're able to write your daughter a, a, just a quick note, go to the Walgreens or go wherever and buy a stack of cards and just write her a note every morning that just says, I'm the luckiest dad in the world that I got picked to be your dad. Love, yeah. dad. That's it. That's it. I love you. Right. And what we're trying to do now over uh, over the next year is we're going to try to solve for a relationship. Hey, we just go for mm-hmm. we, all of us going to go for a walk after dinner. I promise we won't talk about COVID, politics, or OCD. We're just going to go for a walk. <laughs> In fact, you, you can wear your headphones. If you wear your headphones, though, you got to hold mom's hand. That's the rule. But we're just going to go for a walk together. And here's what we're doing. We're just slowly teaching the amygdala that we're okay. We're safe. Yeah, and that sounds so ridiculous and so cheesy and so, oh, my mm. gosh, what are you doing, dude? Is she still going to need medicine? Probably. At least for a season does she still need to see a counselor yes no question but what she really needs is to solve for safe to solve for relationship and that's gonna start with you sitting down saying dude I've given you enough information to last us a lifetime let's I'm I'm done with it okay if you need if you want me to answer questions specific brain chemistry come ask me you know I love talking about that stuff and I still want to talk about baseball games with you whatever but I just want to be dead. And I love you. And I hurt with you. You know that. I know that. Let's get back to this. And then if she'll include you in concerts, she'll include you or you can include her in concerts or whatever things y'all like to do, their baseball games, whatever. Invite her to those things. We're solving for relationship. And I'm about 99% sure that you and your wife need to go see a marriage counselor too, Brad. Five years of dealing with this inside your house is hard on any marriage at all, um, any marriage in the world. And that tension fuels the house. And so you guys go work on you. Make sure your marriage is strong, that y'all are good. And give that your daughter something firm and concrete to anchor into. You're a good dad, man. You are. You're a good dad. Your daughter's struggling. She needs medical intervention. She needs relational intervention. And she just needs her old man to say, I love you. Come give me a hug let's start with some skin on skin contact let's start with some hugs let's start with some walks let's start with some conversations that have nothing to do with these other things let's start with some experiences together let's start with y'all play video games together I don't care whatever it is and let's let the professionals do the professional stuff and let her get her dad back and my gut tells me my gut tells me that over the arc of several months over the arc of a year those alarms will slowly start turning down her brain will start going we're safe we're safe. You're a good man. But yes, if, if medication's on the table, I, I, I think you may be there, okay? Sit down with your doctor and start from the lowest dose and work up is always my recommendation. Um, thank you so, 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 so much for that call. Hey, we're gonna take one more quick break. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show... So glad y'all are here. Man, those are a couple of hard, hard calls today. Um, they're hard because there's not just a simple, easy resolution. Hard because people have to do different things. Different things. Ugh, those are tough, man. Solving for relationships. Well, that's so hard. so hard because I just want ah. to tell you something. All right, so as we wrap up today's show, man, this is the, the third in the trifecta, right? On the back end of their self-titled album. Third Eye Blind, the OG. When when was this album out? 97. 97. 150 years ago. Kelly, I hope you're feeling better. <laughs> I just looked <laughs> Where up. did that and, come from? I know you don't feel good, and I just looked up. You don't look like you feel good.
1: Not a
2: little head cold. I'm fine. I don't like it when you say 97 was 150 years ago, though. <sighs> Since that's when I graduated from college. <laughs> <laughs> So I was feeling better, but not so much anymore.
0: Whoa! But back then, though, they had like those. Uh, they had people that would take your horse and like, like they move would on. take your horse and move on and, for uh, your own safety. Put
1: it in your stables for you, though, right? That's so great. The Third Eye Blind album was released on '78, like the old Thick records. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate
0: you both. Exactly.
1: It was only it was only done live. They had no recording device. I played back it
0: then. on my
2: phonograph. <laughs> that's
0: exactly right. That's cool. We just had a choir come over and sing in the front yard for us because that's all we had. I'm sorry that you're. I'm sorry that you're old, Kelly. All right, off the self-titled album, 1997, Third Eye Blind." The song is "God of Wine," and it goes like this: Every thought that I repent, there's another chip you haven't spent, and you're cashing them all in. Where do we get clean again? Can we get clean again? and I walk home alone with you in the mood you're born into, sometimes Lord, you let me in. And I take it on the chin, and I can't get clean again. I wanna know, can we get clean again? The God of wine comes crashing through the headlights of a car that took you further than you thought you'd ever wanna go. We can't get back again. We can't get back again. I think you can. Jenkins, I think you can get back right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show.